Looking for a one-of-a-kind Christmas getaway this year? People flock in from all over America for this. I mean, it is really quite stunning. And what do you do when you feel like God has turned away? No matter what, I'll make it through. That's what living by faith is. It doesn't mean I'll, I'll make it through without griping, without crying, but I'll make it through. And that's what God wants to do is get us through. Also, how can year-end giving benefit you? It's a wonderful way to get a lifetime income and support American Family Association and American Family Radio. Then, what's on the mind of the next generation of pro-life leaders? So I think the first step is to really become heartbroken over abortion and realize how evil abortion is and what abortion does to a preborn baby. It's the weekend of December 2nd and 3rd. I'm Jeff Shambly, and this is The Stand Radio. Well, now that the Thanksgiving holiday is behind us, many of us are looking forward to time off in the month of December. And that means lights, music, and the celebration of our Savior's birth in Bethlehem. What if you could combine all of those things with Christian apologetics? That's exactly what's going on at the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum this month. Joining us is Ken Ham. He's the founder and CEO of Answers in Genesis, the Ark Encounter, and the Creation Museum. Ken, welcome to the program today. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Hey, it's great to be with you. Tell us what's going on in December at the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Well, from November 24 through to December 30, on Tuesday through Saturday evenings, we have uh, what we call Christmas Town at the Creation Museum and Christmas Time at the Ark Encounter. The Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter are the two leading Christian-themed attractions in the world. And so we do these special Christmas outreaches, and they are free to the public except for parking. And so uh, in the evening, beginning at 5 o'clock, we have a spectacular light. You go a long way in America to find anything as stunning as the Gardner lights at the Creation Museum or the lights down at the Ark Encounter and of course the life-size Ark is all lit up. But not only that, we have a live nativity uh, at the Creation Museum and we have an animal experience. We have a special 4D theater program. We have indoor drama presentations uh, as well. And we have a dinosaur scavenger hunt at the Creation Museum. And at the Ark, we have an animal scavenger hunt. Uh, we have uh, family Christmas devotionals, what, festive foods. I mean, it is just absolutely spectacular. And then at the Ark Encounter, not only do we have the brilliant lights display, but we have special Christmas concerts featuring our resident artist, True Song, and also our Answers Academy students uh, with a drama. Uh, and they interact with our resident artists. We have a wonderful show on our 70 by 22 foot LED screen called Encounter the Wonder and we have our zoo that's opened we have carousel rides as well and animal live animal programs I mean where else wow. could you get Christmas programs like that and people flock in from all over America for this I mean it is really quite stunning that is amazing where did the idea come to have um, this kind of a Christmas theme at the Ark in the Museum well, you know, many years ago, after we opened the Creation Museum, we opened the Creation Museum in 2007, and then at that time we started noticing more and more how in the culture they were throwing nativity scenes out of public places and getting rid of the word Christmas and so on, and we realized, hey, you know what? We need to make sure that we are very publicly standing for the truth of God's Word and proclaiming the true message of Christmas concerning the babe in a manger, the God-man who stepped into history, 
to be our saviour. And so we decided uh, to start having a live nativity. I mean, it used to be that even secular places had live nativities and and or even just static displays, but now that's pretty well gone. Right. And, you know, also the Christmas music, the traditional Christmas carols are basically gone from many of our public places. And so we said, you know what, we've got this wonderful Christian-themed attraction. Let's make this uh, stunning place for Christmas. And then when we opened the Ark Encounter in uh, 2000. In 16, uh, we decided to make sure that we also had stunning Christmas programs there. And, of course, we, we have I, I, hundreds of thousands of lights, actually. Mm. It, it's like million, uh, over a million lights. Wow. And uh, these places are so beautiful. And here at the Creation Museum, we have a number of sculpted dinosaurs in the gardens that will all be lit up as well. I mean, these, these are incredible places for Christmas. There's just nothing else like them anywhere in America. And, you know, everyone who comes, we give, uh, give them all free uh, tracts and booklets. We give right. them certain uh, gifts and so on as well because we want to get that message into their hands. So this stands as a witness in, a, in an increasingly dark culture. You know, it's interesting, the light shines brighter uh, when the culture is dark, and the light shines brighter from the Ark and the Creation Museum because of the message, but also because of the incredible Christmas lights. And they're not just lights thrown on trees like at a lot of places. Uh, they take five months setting all these lights up, and they're beautifully designed, and they're ordered, and in patterns, and they're just exquisite. I mean, I, you know, I, we go to the local zoo, which has their, their um, spectacular lights at Christmas, but it's nothing compared to the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter because they're just so different. They're so carefully done. Okay. Now, where can people find out more about these events? Well, I would go to, go to one of the attractions' websites. Um, go to arkencounter.com. If okay. they go to arkencounter.com, uh, they'll find the information about Christmas time at the Ark Encounter Christmas Town at the Creation Museum. I encourage people to spend. You've got to spend one whole night at one place and one whole night at another place. So it's yes. going to take you two nights to see everything. Well, congratulations on such a marvelous attraction, and not just an attraction, but a gospel witness. And thanks so much for what you're doing. And Ken, we appreciate you being with us to tell us about it today. Hey, thank you. My pleasure. Well, the end of the year is upon us, and it's time to think about options that you have for charitable giving, especially when it comes to the impact it will have on your 2024 taxes. Joining us to tell us more about those options is Associate Director of the AFA Foundation, Chelsea Wildman. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for having me. So the end of the year is coming, and time to think about what we're going to do with charitable giving. AFA's got some great options. Would you walk us through those? Absolutely. Yes. So through our AFA Foundation that supports American Family Association and American Family Radio, we have some great ways that you can save on those taxes and get a great tax deduction. First of all, just a cash gift. That's just an outright donation of any amount, and you will receive a tax deduction for this year. Um, we also have our charitable gift annuity. That is the most um, widely utilized um, area of the foundation, and that is a minimum $2,000 or above gift. Okay. You get an income for life. You get a partial tax deduction the year that you make the gift as well as tax-free income 
when you choose to receive that income. So it's a win-win. It's great. Yes. And um, it actually supports the ministry long-term. So once our supporter um, who has a charitable gift annuity in place um, goes home to be with the Lord, any remaining funds that have not been paid out are then gifted to AFA. Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful way to get a lifetime income Mm -hmm. and support American Family Association and American Family Radio. And again, you get those great tax benefits. And another option um, for for getting that tax deduction would be a gift of stock. Okay. So if you have stock that you would like to get rid of that might have some capital gains on that, mm-hmm. you can gift that to AFA either for a charitable gift annuity or for an outright donation. So you can get that kind of out of your hands and into the hands of American Family Association. We will take care of selling that stock for you, Mm -hmm. and then you would get the tax deduction benefit. Super. So you get you avoid the capital gains, mm-hmm. get the tax deduction, and support AFA. Absolutely. It's a win-win. You know, a lot of people uh, want to have something for their children and their grandchildren. So a lot of this uh, ensures that AFA will continue to be able to minister for the next generation. So that's an important thing to remember as well. Absolutely. It, it truly is a gift of a legacy. Yeah. You are leaving behind a legacy for your children, grandchildren, and future generations so that our ministry is strong, so that we can continue the work that we do here at AFA and AFR. That's great. So where can people find out more information? Yes, afafoundation.net, as well as giving us a call, 1-800-326-4543 extension 345. We would love to speak with them. Okay, and we'll have that contact information on our podcast page as well. Chelsea, great ideas. Thanks for coming by and telling us about it. Thank you so much. If you were to listen to the most popular Christian teachers and speakers, you might come away with the idea that Christianity is all about personal fulfillment and happiness. And that can lead some people to criticize Christians for trying to escape the reality of suffering. Dr. Ray Rooney is digital media editor, and he's taken that criticism head on in his article, How Long? Undoing the Dark Night with a Conjunction. Dr. Rooney, good to see you again. I'm glad to be here, Jeff. You know, it seems like when we look at the top podcasts, we see a different version of Christianity than we might see if we were to read some of the old writers. What's the difference there? What do you think that is? I think the difference is the there are basically two versions of Christianity, one wherein the, the great subject is myself, mm. and the other is where the subject is God. Now, if you focus on yourself, you're going to be led down a certain pathway where everything needs to funnel into your own fulfillment and happiness. Um, if you believe that uh, God is really the object of Christianity, then that's a different path. Yeah, that's a big divide. That's a very, very big divide. Now, in your article, you point to Psalm 13. What drew you to Psalm 13 for this article in dealing with darkness and suffering? Well, to be to be honest, it's it's just blatantly painful. Um, the the psalm starts off with the question, "How long?" Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that's a question that everyone who has ever suffered uh, asks God. How long? How long is this going to last? How long is, uh, is is how long am I going to continue down this pathway with no seeming light at the end of the tunnel? 
Um, we've all been there, and that's the dark night that a uh, long time later someone else <laughs> delved into. But but that's the that's that's it. How how long is this going to last? Everyone asks that. And what becomes of you as a human being, as a, and then more particularly as a Christian, um, that goes to how you answer that. You know, on, the, on its face, it seems almost disrespectful to ask that question of God. Yet we find it in the Word of God, the inspired Word of God. And David here in this instance is talking about that. It isn't disrespectful. No, yes. no. I mean, the, 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 God wants dialogue. I mean, everybody talks about today, and, and rightfully so, that God is interested in a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. I agree, but personal relationships, uh, you have a dialogue. It's it's not just one way, and so there's, there's question and answer time, and sometimes... Uh, you don't get an answer from God, and that's where the that's where the dark night begins to incrementally increase. Is when you don't get the answer in the timeliness that you think it ought to be given, or the uh, the, the what's the answer itself? No man, that like. Why do you think God allows His children to go through periods of feeling abandoned? That's a, that's a unique darkness yeah. that's different from suffering from another human being. When you feel that God has abandoned you, that's particularly dark. It is. The short answer to that is uh, if, it, if it was uh, good enough for Jesus, then it's good <laughs> enough for, for the rest of us. I mean, everybody knows mm. uh, his quotation from wow. Psalm 22, from the cross, why have you forsaken me? Um, there's if there's if if Jesus had to go through it, I I wouldn't think that I'm uh, going to be spared from it. What is the conjunction that you talk about? Because you really hinge this whole thing on a, on a particular conjunction. Talk about that. If you All know. right, the first two uh, stanzas of of Psalm 13 are David's outpouring of how long is this going to continue and and answer me, God, and he's just despondent. But then the third stanza of the song begins. But that's the conjunction. And uh, all this negativity that I'm experiencing doesn't look like I'm getting out of it. But then he says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. And he continues from there. Uh, It's a decision of the will. Nothing had changed. Nothing had changed. He just threw it out there. Uh, and then said, this is the dark night that I'm going through. It, it doesn't seem right, maybe not even fair, but uh, I'm going to trust in your steadfast love. That's that's the hinge point. That's the hinge point. Whether or not um, circumstances change or not, the hinge point is, but no matter what, how bad this is, I'm going to trust you. And he may never know the answer to that question. And what I've constantly told people who ask some of these questions is, if God answered you... <laughs> What would it suffice? Yeah, uh, would it suffice? How long? Why am I going through this? If God were to give you, no, oh, there's there's this matter of trust, and um, all of this is probably leading to that because uh, the Bible makes it very clear in the New Testament that uh, our faith must be tried. Do you think that this is an indicator between uh, the response of a true believer and a counterfeit? Because when a counterfeit encounters tribulation and trouble, we all know the parable where the the seed is choked out because of tribulation and it falls away. Is it a good indication for a true believer that if you're going through this, you may be in God's will? Well, yes. Um, Here's where I think this is all supposed to lead to, and that is as it it did with David, and, and that is... I'll get through it. Mm. With you by my side, 
I'll get through it. Won't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to understand it. The question is whether or not, uh, again, all the way back to the beginning, this isn't so much about me. Mm-hmm. It's it's about you. What What is it that I need to get through to get closer to you? What do you counsel people, and you're a pastor, and you mm-hmm. obviously have people coming to you and, and talking about their feelings of despair and, and depression even. What does living by faith look like in the life of a typical Christian living the Christian life? Psalm 13. Also, there's um, um, Psalm 18. Um, and, and in that Psalm, David talks about the time when he was delivered from King Saul, but it's mm. a very different, what he says in Psalm 18 is a whole lot different than if you go back and read 1 Samuel. Okay. And, and what, it, what it is, is simply this, um, I'm going to choose, I'm, I'm going to make a choice I'm to uh, cast my cares upon, <laughs> upon him, even though I don't know what the outcome is going to be. That, I'll just say this about faith. I have found that most churchgoers are looking for an out. Okay. They don't want to have to utilize faith. All right. They don't want any our prayers are aimed at don't don't make me go through this. Um faith is not it's, as Hebrews 11 says the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen, but without it there is no pleasing God. Mm. And you don't need faith on the mountaintop. Faith is all plunging through the valley of the shadow of death. I love the quote uh, in the end of the article, living in victory doesn't please God, trusting him for it in the midst of our dark night does. That's pretty well said. Yeah. Um, if this is all about being in a relationship with God, it's it's about trust. Yeah. Everyone who's ever been in a marriage knows about trust. Yeah. All right. It's implicit, and, and sometimes you go through things that are difficult. But that uh, with God, I think that is that's the good thing. Mm. Uh, remember, I'll just say this, and remember this: it was God who brought Job's calamity on him. God's the one that pointed out what a great guy Job was to the <laughs> devil. Uh, all right, yeah. so when you look at what all that happened, um, just understand: I'll make it through. Yeah. I'll make it through. Uh, no matter what, I'll make it through. That's what living by faith is. It, it doesn't mean I'll I'll make it through without griping, without crying, um, um, but I'll make it through. And that's what God wants to do is get us through. Mm. Once again, the article from Dr. Ray Rooney is entitled, How Long? Undoing the Dark Night with a Conjunction. It's available online at afa.net slash The Stand and in the December issue of The Stand magazine. Dr. Rooney, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure again, Jeff. Since the overturn of Roe versus Wade, the fight for the unborn continues on the state level with an army of dedicated volunteers who believe in the sanctity of human life. It's especially heartwarming to see a new generation rising up to take on the fight for the unborn. Cheyenne Vandeventer is one of those. She's 19 years old and is with us today to talk about her work as a pro-life activist. Hi, Cheyenne. Hi, thank you for having me. Tell me, when did you first feel God move on your heart uh, to become personally involved in the pro-life movement? Yeah, so I was 12 years old, and I attended a pregnancy resource banquet with my parents. And while there, and I heard the speaker, I felt the Lord um, call me to speak up for preborn babies. And after that, my sister and I started volunteering at a pregnancy resource banquet, 
And my family, uh, we got involved with the family, and I'm so thankful for my parents for leading that and taking me and my siblings to pro-life marches and rallies. And then as I got older, I started getting more involved personally as well. Well, I was going to say, your parents must have had some role in that, and and it sounds like they really did. So you think parents' uh, involvement in the pro-life community uh, is really effective in reaching their own children's hearts, don't you? Yes, I do. I think it is a great way um, to get involved as a family, and the pro-life movement is very family-friendly, and it's pro-life, and I think children at a young age can have such a heart for other children to be protected, and so I think it's a great way for parents to get their kids involved. All right. Well, in 2020, you started a local Students for Life of America group, SFLA. Tell us about that group and what prompted you to take your pro-life work to that next level. Yeah, so it was um, the fall of 2020, and the 2020 election was coming up, and I really felt the need to do more um, in the light of the election and just realizing how important it is to be involved in the pro-life movement, and I'd heard of Students for Life, and so I decided to start a Students for Life group, and I was homeschooled, so I kind of just reached out to the pro-life friends that I knew of from, like, my church and other places that I knew of. Um, and so we, I started a group, and then we started doing activities. We did different things like holding pro-life signs and praying uh, for abortion and to end outside of abortion facilities. Um, we wrote letters to the Supreme Court justices um, to ask them to stand for life in the Dobbs versus Jackson decision, yeah. which ended up overturning Roe versus Wade. Right. And then we also have been involved in um, supporting the Kansas Protection at Conception Bill. Yeah, well, the Students for Life of America group has uh, opened some doors for you to become involved in the legislative process there in Kansas. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, in January, I started working for Students for Life Action as a legislative intern, and I've been really passionate about making abortion illegal in my home state of Kansas. Mm -hmm. And so I was really excited for the opportunity to work with Students for Life Action on pro-life laws in other states and also in Kansas. Tragically, the number of abortions have rose recently quite a bit in Kansas, from over 7,000 in 2021 to over 12,000 in 2022. So there's been a big increase, and a lot of people have been traveling from other states to get an abortion in Kansas. Some of the other states around Kansas have pro-life laws, which is amazing, and I'm so glad for those. But sadly, some people from those other states are now traveling to Kansas to get an abortion. And so we really need a protection at conception bill in Kansas. So last March, I presented Students for Life Action's protection at conception bill before a Kansas committee, and it was introduced. And so then we started mobilizing pro-life Kansans to message their legislators. But sadly, some politicians in Kansas who said they were pro-life refused to advance the Protection at Conception bill. And that's why it's so important for legislators to actually protect preborn babies and pass laws that make abortion illegal instead of just saying they're pro-life to get our vote and then refuse to protect preborn babies. I think that's a real problem in states across America and at the federal level. And so this fall, I've been working to spread the word about the Protection at Conception bill to more pro-life Kansans so that to encourage them to message legislators to support this bill. And so the legislative session will start again in January. And um, hopefully it will pass this next session with having more pro-life Kansans involved. And if any of the listeners 
here are from Kansas or if you know a pro-life friend in Kansas, please reach out to Students for Life Action. We would love the extra help in uh, passing this production at Conception Bell. Yeah, we'll give the website at the very end of our talk together uh, today. Good work going on there, and, and we certainly want to follow up at the beginning of next year and find out where that is. Uh, how can listeners become involved in the fight for the preborn where they are today? Give us some practical ways. I think the very first thing is to realize the need to get involved. I think some people don't feel the pressing need to do something. Um, so I think the first step is to really become heartbroken over abortion and realize how evil abortion is and what abortion does to a preborn baby. I'd recommend going to the website abortionprocedures.com. It was made by a pro-life organization. I believe it was live action. And um, these different videos, um, a former abortionist will explain what the abortion procedure does to a preborn baby, and it's truly tragic. The horrible ways they kill preborn babies and an abortion. And once you're heartbroken over abortion, you can use that as your motivation to make abortion illegal so that every preborn baby is protected from being killed through abortion. And then for some practical ways to be involved, if you're a Christian, pray for abortion to become illegal in our nation. And also see if you can get involved in helping pass a protection at conception bill in your state. We're at the federal level. If your state, if abortion is already illegal, you could look into getting involved at the federal level, and you could look into um, reaching out to Students for Life Action to see uh, what the pro-life laws are like in your state. And then if you're in middle school, high school, or college, you could look into starting a Students for Life group at your school. It's a great way to get involved, and there's so many people that work for Students for Life that would love to help you um, start a group at your school and reach other people um, with the pro-life message. There's also sidewalk counseling. Sidewalk counseling is when you stand outside of an abortion facility and you um, talk to the women going in and encourage them to choose life and let them know about all the free resources available at pregnancy resource centers. And then the last one is you could get involved with your local pregnancy resource center. There are so many pregnancy resource centers across America. Um, you could look up CareNet. That's a great place where they have, um, they support a lot of local pregnancy resource centers. And at pregnancy resource centers, they offer lots of free services to moms, like counseling. Um, they offer ultrasounds a lot of times and pregnancy tests and a lot more. And so it's just a great way to um, support um, a local pro-life organization and to help save babies. Good ideas. A lot of very specific ideas. We'll give those websites on our podcast page. Uh, our guest today, Cheyenne Van Deventer, uh, involved in the pro-life work. Such an encouragement, uh, Cheyenne, to hear you speak with a heart for the Lord and a heart for those that he has created that we need to save. So thanks so much for all that you're doing, and God bless you and your work. I know that you'll go far, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Next week on The Stand Radio, Dr. O'Shea Lowry of Entrusted Hope Ministries will show us why ministry to single mothers is one of the great needs in our churches today. And prominent neurosurgeon Dr. W. Lee Warren draws from personal and professional experience to lay out a clear diagnosis for treating grief and sorrow during the holiday season. Today's program is available as a podcast with guest information and other resources. You can download a copy or send a link to a friend when you go to afr.net slash podcast. If you have a question or comment about anything you've heard today, 
send your email to thestand@afa.net. We'd love to hear from you. And for important articles on culture, faith, and family, get your free six-month subscription to The Stand magazine by going to afa.net slash the stand. Until next time, I'm Jeff Shambly. Thanks for listening.